Hey y'all, welcome to a regular bitches podcast. It's your girl Jessica and I am just a regular bitch who loves to run her mouth. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into it. Hey, hi, hello everybody. Episode two. Garden got episode one out of the way, so here we are. How is everybody doing? I hope everyone is doing well, taking care of yourselves, living life. I am still working from home, as always. Um, We are on day 164 of uh, quarantine. Now, I know quarantine means different things for people. Some people, it means not quarantining at all. Shame on you. Um... For me, that means I leave my house once a week to go to the grocery store because my nerves can't handle letting my husband go grocery shopping without me. Like, we did try it a few weeks ago, um, and I wrote down, like, a full list, like, in detail, like, exactly what brands of things that I wanted, quantities, all that good shit. Um, I mean, he did good. Aside from I put that I want a shoestring fries and he got me straight cut, which highly upset me because they're not the same. Other than that, he did good, but I just prefer to be there. So yeah, I leave once a week to get groceries. That's it. That's it. And if I'm getting real stir crazy, I'll go on an adventurous ride with him to the dump to take trash. (laughs) But that's it. Other than that, I don't go anywhere. Like, we taking this serious over here. But with that being said, my daughter has started virtual pre-K, which has been fun and interesting. Um, she's doing it um, through my computer right now. Um, they'll eventually get, like, iPads to do that with and do, like, actual live Google Meets and stuff. But she's a rambunctious child who's very excited about it right now. Because, I mean, it's pre-K, so it's a lot more fun than when you start getting into, you know, second, third grade and really start getting to the nitty-gritty. But she's enjoying it so far now. It's funny, when we did her preschool screening, I can't speak for any other parents, but I was super nervous because it's, like, the first time my child's being, like, judged on her intelligence. So I'm like, oh, God. And, um, but she did good. What was really surprising, though, was how well she followed directions. Because, see, at home, it's a good one and a half to two hour chore to get her to clean her room. But, like, one of the tasks they had her do was, like, okay, there's blocks on the table. I want you to pick up a block. I want you to stand up. I want you to sit down. And then I want you to put the block back on the table. And she did it the first time perfectly. And it's like, wow, so you could really follow directions from the stranger Perfectly to a T, but I have to ask you 2,000 times to clean your room. So, but um, also, I'm I'm really wanting to get her in preschool because I'm very bad at gauging what kids should know at their age. It'll be like, like, for example, one of the things that she learned how to do, um, like, long before most kids her age learned how to do when she was like two and a half, three years old was blow her nose by herself. Um, I think that mainly came out of the fact that she absolutely despises the little nose suckers. Like we had like the nose Frida and it was like bloody murder using that on her. So I think that's really where the will came from for her to learn. But like a lot of kids don't know how to blow their nose at that age, apparently. 
And then I see other kids who can like perfectly work a tablet, turn it on, put the passcode in, find the app they looking for, do what they got to do. Where with her, she's getting better with it now, but with her, we kind of had to do a lot of the steps for her. So I'm like, oh, like, should she know this? Like, I don't know. So I, I, I need her in preschool because they know what she should know. So, but she's she's doing really good with it and she's having fun. Um, super big shout out to the parents and teachers uh, going through this virtual learning. Obviously, we've never done this before. This is new for everybody. So everybody just be kind to each other. But teachers, y'all the real MVPs. Whew. Y'all deserve all the praises and then some because, I mean, we are doing preschool stuff. So we're talking like counting to five and bouncing a ball and naming shapes. And it, it can be stressful trying to teach that. So y'all, whoo, y'all really got it. Y'all really deserve all the praise and deserve way fatter wallets for it. And my heart goes out to all the parents trying to figure this out because it is, it's, I, like I said, I find it slightly difficult with a preschooler. I can't imagine with you parents out there with kids in, you know, kindergarten, first, second, third, all that, the more, you know, obviously it gets more advanced each year. Bless you. Bless you. <sighs> all right. Um, let's see. Moving on. Speaking of kids, um, as I said, my daughter started preschool. I have a four-year-old. Uh, she will be five next month. And parenting is a journey. <laughs> and I mean, I know people say that all the time, but like you really don't fully get it until you're in that position. Um, regardless of how you become a parent, it's not easy. And each different avenue is just another level of difficulty. Um, I got pregnant with her when I was 23 and ended up having her went into labor with her. I got induced on my 24th birthday, which whew, I was so upset because when I got pregnant with her, um, her scheduled due date was actually the exact same as mine, September 22nd. Um, so at first I thought that was cool, but then I thought about it, I was like, oh shit, there's a chance that I'm going to have my kid on my birthday. And that's get, getting torn open is not how one would really like to spend their birthday. So on my 24th birthday, I had taken that day off. Um, because I wanted to, and I had doctor's appointments. I was high risk. So I had like three doctor's appointments a week during my like last trimester. So I had my routine doctor appointment and whatever. I get there, they're doing all their tests and everything. And then they realized that my blood pressure is kind of high. Um, my appointment ran way longer and they were like, okay, and I hadn't taken my medication cause they did give me medication for my blood pressure, um, just to make sure it stayed low. And, um, I hadn't taken my medication yet that day. And I mean, my appointment ran much longer. My husband eventually gets there because he was at work. And they're like, so um, you're 38 weeks. And I actually was going in there to schedule when I was going to be induced the following week. Um, they were like, well, you're 38 weeks pregnant. There's really no need to keep her in there. And I looked at her and I was like, what? She's like, yeah, she's like, we're going to have a baby. And I was like, um, no, no, ma'am. It is my birthday. I have plans. I was going to go to the store and get me a brand new coffee pot and a mug. And then I was going to go and get some Mexican food. And like, I was going to enjoy my birthday to the best of my ability as a pregnant woman. And now you're sitting here telling me that 
I have to have a baby. And I was like, I'll be damned if I push this sucker out on my birthday. Well, I ended up having her um, technically two days later. So we don't share a birthday, but you know, right next to each other. Um, and man, pregnancy. I don't know if it's just me. I hated being pregnant. The the one thing I actually loved about being pregnant is the one thing that like stereotypically most women hate. I loved the way I looked. I loved my baby bump. I loved the glow. I loved, I was not bothered by being pudgier in other areas. And I mean, I was already a big girl to begin with. So it wasn't like too drastic of a difference, but like I loved my bump. I, I was cradling that belly everywhere. The fashion, like just cute little baby bumps. I love baby bumps. So I love that. I hated everything else. I was super tired. Boobs hurt all the time. I had really bad morning sickness. One, not just in the morning, day, all day long. I didn't have an appetite. My feet swole up so bad that I was down to one pair of shoes that I could wear. That didn't hurt. I was soaking my feet in boiling hot water. Um, back pain was out of this world. Like pregnancy was just not fun for me. And then the birth, you know, everyone's like, Oh, make a birth plan, make a birth plan. I had like a mild birth plan. It wasn't even that in depth. I was going to, I didn't want an epidural. Um, not even because I think there's anything wrong with them. Um, I did want to try and experience birth naturally. And I was more so just terrified of you putting a needle in my spine. Didn't like the idea of it. Um, I made it to seven centimeters and then I was just like, you know what? They came and told me, they're like, look, this is your last chance. The anesthesiologist on call is about to go into surgery. So this is your last chance. And I was like, fuck it, give it to me. Cause who contractions? Mm. Worst pain. Um, I was in labor in general from when they started my induction for 36 hours. I was in active labor for eight and it was a bitch but she finally came out um super common the cord was wrapped around her neck so she actually was not breathing when she was born but when it's happening to you you feel like you're the only person in the world that's experiencing it um she ended up having to spend about a week in the NICU but she's happy healthy and strong and all good now and I am a lucky mama and to pay me back for that she's a daddy's girl Loves that man more than anything in the world. Uh, at the beginning of this quarantine, her uh, daycare was closed. And so she was home with me. And she would wake up every morning, come up to me, climb up in my lap with her little turtle, and look at me in my eyes and say, where's dad? No good morning. No nothing. I tell her, baby, daddy's at work. Can I have breakfast? I swear she don't like me. <laughs> she is. She's a daddy's girl, but I love it. I love seeing them together. I mean, and he's just smitten for her. Um, one thing that they also don't prepare you for is being a motherless mother. Um, my mother passed away in May of 2013. So I'm doing this all without her. And it's so hard. Wanting to be able to call her, just like, what do I do? Like, I think she taught me a lot, but it just sucks not having her here for the experience. But I am my mother's daughter. So I think I'm, 
doing okay. Um, there are things I want to do differently for my daughter. I think we're all like that. You know, my parents were great. I love my parents to death and I know they did the best they could, but no, nobody's perfect. Uh, I do know one of the biggest things I do for my daughter is I give her the space to have emotions. So like, you know how, when you were a kid and you got really upset, like even if you weren't throwing a tantrum necessarily, but you're just really upset, your parents tell you, you know, you need to stop crying. I'll give you a reason cry whatever. I don't do that. I let her feel. I tell her, like, it's okay if you're upset right now. I don't want you screaming and yelling and kicking. But if you need a minute to be upset, that's fine. Because, like, she's four. Of course, to her, it's the end of the world if you ask her to clean a room. And I'm okay with her feeling her feelings. She has that right. She has that space. And I let her do that. Again, I don't let her scream and yell and throw shit. But I do let her have her feelings if she wants to be angry i let her be angry i don't do the whole fix your face no you can be mad you you will not be disrespectful to me and have an attitude but you can be mad um another thing i don't spank and i never thought i'd be that parent but to me there aren't many things that constitute spanking your child. Now, she'll get a pop here and there. Like, you know, she's reaching for something that, like, if she reaches for the stove and it's hot. Or she's reaching for a knife that I have on the counter while I'm cooking. Stuff like that. But there's just no need for full-fledged spanking, in my opinion. And we do great with, you know, timeouts, taking away, you know, certain privileges. That's been working. So that's another thing that I do differently that I never thought that I would. And I think the reason I wanted to be pro spanking was because I was spanked and I didn't want to believe that my parents were wrong for spanking. You know, don't get me wrong. I wasn't spanked a lot. I guess I was a good enough kid, but there were a lot of things. Like when I think about the spankings I got, it's like, it really would have been better served to have a conversation with me and discipline me in a different way because you spanking me didn't necessarily get the effect that you wanted but that's just that's my philosophy I'm not going to insert my nose into any other parent's business I just know for me spanking is not what my family does but funny thing is I hate kids I don't like kids I find kids very annoying and it's not their fault of course but like they're just annoying and they're sticky and they're gross but I also have always wanted to be a mom. That's never changed. And I knew I'd love my kid. And like, don't get me wrong, when I say I hate kids, I'm not saying like, I'm gonna go and fight them. Or like, I'm just looking at your kid with seething rage. But like, if I could avoid being in spaces with kids, I will. Um, they're not fun. I dread, you know, birthday parties and, and things like that. But I do, I love my daughter and she's, so damn funny. And I've noticed with kids, they're only funny when they don't try. Like, because when they try to be funny, it's not funny. It's terrible. Zero out of ten. Like, one of her biggest things right now is, like, pranking. Air quotes with that. Um, To her, pranking just being annoying. She'll be like, hey, mom, I have your hairbrush. Ha ha, pranked ya. And I'm just like, that's, that's not a prank. You're just being annoying. <laughs> Now, things that she has done that are super funny. So I remember one time I, I was cooking, making something, and I had my box of salt on the 
uh, counter instead of in the cabinet. I forgot to put it back up in the cabinet. And I had stepped away from the kitchen and stepped outside, was sitting on my front porch. And she came out there and she was like, mommy, um, you left that stuff on the counter and the dog's trying to get it. And I was like, what did I leave on the counter? I cleaned up. She's like, um, the sugar. And I was like, I haven't used sugar. And she's like, um, the, um, the vegetable sugar. I busted out laughing. (laughs) I was like, that is adorable. Like, cause she did the best she could. Like it was a very like innovative way to say salt when you don't know what salt is. She knows that salt looks like sugar, but she knows that it goes on vegetables and not like in sweet tea. So the fact that she came up with vegetable sugar, I thought was super adorable and sleepy kids. Oh man, sleepy kids are so funny. This child will wake up in the middle of the night and it's almost like she's sleepwalking. She's so out of it. Like she'll come out of her room and like, I'll go to direct her back to her room. And then she just like turns away and starts walking toward the kitchen. I'm like, no, let's go to your room. And then she'll start walking towards my brother's room. And it's funny. Like I ended up having to pick her up the other night. She was asleep and fell out the bed. And I mean, thudded. I felt the vibration in my bedroom, which is on the other side of the house. I live in a double wide for context. I jump out of bed and fly out of my room and I come out and she's just walking to the bathroom. I'm like, are you okay? And she just looks at me all funny with her little sleepy eyes and she ain't feel a thing until the next day. She woke up with some neck pain. Another thing I find funny is uh, when she wants to do something that's not like age appropriate. Like I think one day we were talking to her about like certain words that she couldn't say. And she was like, well, why can't I say it? And we were like, well, because you're a kid. She got pissed. She's like, I'm not a kid. I am Doodle. Doodle's our nickname for her. And she's like, she will get so mad. She's like, I'm not a kid. I'm not a child. I'm not a toddler. I'm Doodle. And she's just like, you you will not call her outside her name, which I guess I'm glad I raised a kid that uh, takes no shit. The other day, uh, we were in the car. Where were we going? Oh, we were dropping her off at um, her unofficial grandma's house. And on the way, she was watching uh, videos on my husband's phone just to kind of keep her entertained for the ride. And uh, he got a a notification. Well, she doesn't know how to say notification. So she was like, Daddy, you have a female. And I laughed and I looked at him. I was like, oh, yeah, babe. So he got a female. Just giving him a hard time. And he's like, what? And he looks at me. He's like, Well, it's a notification, but I think she means email. And so I give him a hard time about that. But now he's got her to call him noties since she's she doesn't say notification. Right. Too many syllables, I guess. And um, so she'll be watching like when he picks her up from daycare and brings her home, she'll be watching his phone and like I'll text him. And then like one day, like I texted him and then apparently somebody else texted him. And the first text came through. She's like, Dad, you got a notie. And he's like, it's fine. You can keep watching your. Uh, you can keep watching your show. And he got another one. She's like, Dad, you're getting another notie. Like, she got pissed. Like, she was not here for it. That child is quick to hang up the phone if you try calling while she is watching YouTube videos. Like, she cannot be bothered. And she's so much like me. Once she'll, I mean, nor her daddy. She really don't. Certain facial expressions she will. But other than that, she don't really look like us at all. Um, but she is just like me in personality. 
She is sassy. She is bossy. Like this child legitimately said, when, when I have a little baby brother, because we're trying to manifest that I have a boy the next time we get pregnant. Um, she's like, when I have my baby brother, does that mean I can boss him around since I'm his big sister? I'm just like, of all the questions you have about your future baby brother, it's whether or not you will have the jurisdiction to boss him around. And she's like, so if I'm older than someone, can I boss him around? I'm like, what is your obsession with wanting to boss people around? And she's also super needy, just like me. If she goes to bed and then she like gets up after she goes to bed to go to the bathroom, she will try and get me or her dad to come in there and put the blanket back on her. He does it because he's a softie, just like he is with me. So, yes, like mother, like daughter, very, very much so, my kid. So I don't know about where you are in the world, but I know where I am. We are starting to get a little bit of a taste of the fall weather coming, which is my favorite time of year. I am that basic bitch who loves fall. All things pumpkins, all things, you know, leaves changing, crisp air, fashion, all that. Everything about fall is my jam. Um, It's pumpkin spice season. That's when I really knew it was real because I went to the store to get coffee creamer yesterday and they had pumpkin spice and I got a big ass container of it because I'm actually trying to recreate my favorite fall time drink, which is a pumpkin spice frappuccino. I prefer my pumpkin spice in cold form. Um, I mean, the lattes are good, but it's not what I'm not my favorite. And uh, Starbucks has a great pumpkin spice frappuccino, but... I'm not going anywhere anymore. Like we're in quarantine. So I needed to recreate it. So I'm working on that. So once I get it, I'll let you know. But um, it's really the only reason I go to Starbucks. That and then their winter drinks, like Christmas based, especially like eggnog drinks because I love eggnog. But um, other than that, I'm usually a Dunkin' girl, but I will go out of my way to go to Starbucks for those drinks. So now that I'm home, trying to work on recreating it myself. Um, and just all things cooking in fall. Like, it's those are my favorite things to cook. Like, I love to cook year-round. But fall foods are my favorite. Excuse me. Soup. I love soup. Chicken noodle, tomato, cheddar broccoli, loaded baked potato, you know, different kinds of chowders that aren't clam chowder because that's gross. Um, Zupa Toscana. I have a great copycat recipe for that. But um, I also like making a lot of desserts, like pumpkin desserts, pumpkin bread, pumpkin muffins, um, apple pie, just various different apple desserts. Uh, I just, I'm super into baking this time of year. And I don't really like baking that much, but fall brings out the Betty Crocker in me. I will be, I'm actually thinking about maybe doing a pumpkin biscotti. That sounds good. But I do just those nice, warm, cozy foods are some of my favorite things to make. So fall is definitely my jam. And then it's also the time where I drink the most tea. Also like coffee, it'll kind of convert because I usually drink coffee around. But I drink less coffee because I'm drinking the pumpkin spice frappuccinos. And then I drink a lot more teas. I love herbal teas. They're very relaxing. They're very soothing. There's so many different kinds. They're delicious. I implore you to like discover tea 
because uh, there's it's a whole world. There's a whole world of comfort. Um, one thing I'm not basic about when it comes to fall is I'm not a Halloween junkie. Like, I like Halloween. It's a cute holiday. <clears throat> Uh, which don't even know what's happening with that. Like we don't, we didn't do trick or treating with our daughter. We do trunk or treats because they're just easier. They're more condensed and they have them usually like up to two weeks before Halloween. So that way we don't have to worry about if Halloween falls on a weeknight, you know, and being out late with us having to go to work and things like that. But I'm wondering if that's even going to happen now with COVID. Like, don't know so we may have to get crafty i think if anything we'll you know diy a costume for her and we'll do like a candy scavenger hunt so we'll like hide candy around the house or something and she'll just have to find it and uh i also prefer trunk or treats because i can take her to one she gets an appropriate amount of candy and i ain't gotta worry about having six years worth of candy in my house that she wants to eat all at once but yeah, I'm not sure what's going to happen with that. Um, I do find it funny at Halloween when, you know, the the propaganda comes out of everyone's lacing your kids candy with drugs. Now, I do say I can understand parents who check their kids candy to make sure that it's like fully wrapped and, you know, like there aren't like needles and stuff in it because like that has I have seen that happen. But it's not as common as you think, because just being real, who wastes drugs on kids? There ain't no bit of amount of funny for me to spend a whole bunch of money on LSD to give to some children who ain't even going to appreciate it. That's a slight joke. Calm down. I'm not advocating for giving kids drugs in any capacity. But it's just, it's a little silly. But yeah, I'm just not the biggest Halloween person. Like, I'm not obsessed about it. Like, the stuff is cute. Don't get me wrong. And I, I honestly look more forward to November 1st when everything starts getting marked down on clearance, go get some candy, get some cute little fall decorations, stuff like that. Now, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is my shit. Um, actually, we are trying to adopt a new name for Thanksgiving in my house. Um, we, me and my husband talked about it and we we're going to go with Food Super Bowl because it doesn't sit right with me celebrating thanksgiving for what we were taught that it was which is lies uh we were taught that it was this beautiful powwow and stuff when really colonizers came and stole this land and i don't want to celebrate that don't get me wrong i'm blessed to be here and i love my life but i do not want to celebrate the stealing of land and the mass genocide of the indigenous people so I want to go with Food Super Bowl because that's what it's always been about, you know? Like, to me, it's just been about cooking the family recipes, the traditions, you know, football. And, like, I make the same menu every year, but I always change up and do, like, a little appetizer of some sort to nibble while I'm cooking. Um, but that's the only thing that's different. But, you know, my family does the same thing. Turkey, ham, stuffing, mac and cheese, greens, potatoes. Um, I don't know if I said candy DMs. If I didn't, I'm saying it now. Uh, cranberry sauce and about 85 pounds of gravy over everything. And I'm sure there's items that I'm missing in there. But um, I just don't sit right with me to celebrate Thanksgiving. So, yeah, we even decided to go with Food Super Bowl. 
And uh, we're super looking forward to all of that. Sorry about that. I don't know if you heard, uh, had a knock at the door. But getting back to what I was talking about, Food Super Bowl. So yes, that's my absolute favorite holiday for two reasons. One, food. I love, I dreamed of being the host of Thanksgiving since I was a kid. I saw my mom do it. And I was like, that was like one of the biggest things I wanted to do as an adult was like, I want to be the one who makes Thanksgiving dinner. And so now I do. And I love it. And the other reason is because the day right after starts Christmas season in my house. Because it's always been tradition to put up the Christmas tree the day after Thanksgiving. I do not participate in Black Friday shopping because I don't think it is fair that we continue to be so greedy that it takes away from people being able to have time off and be with their families during the holidays. So I don't shop. I don't. I may do, you know... I don't even online shop, really. I was going to say I may do online shopping, but I don't even do that. It's just not worth it. It's not worth it to me. I want to kind of take a stand against that so that people can be at home with their families. Because the more we continue to shop on these days, the more they're going to keep making them work. So I don't participate in that. But I am. I'm super excited for holiday season coming up. It's my favorite time of the year. I'm sure it is for a lot of you guys as well. Um, the fashion, holiday fashion or fall fashion, excuse me, layers, flannels. Um, I wear leggings year round, so, but still leggings, boots. My one qualm is sweaters because I'm a, a, a hot natured girl. Like I'm always hot, but I'm also always cold. Like I just, my temper regula- temperature regulation is terrible, but I can't wear a sweater. I get too sweaty. I get too hot. And there's some cute sweaters. And I feel like I miss out on that part of the fashion fun. But I am a a girl for some flannels, a nice button-up shirt with a t-shirt underneath, knee-high boots. I get like a new pair of boots every year. So I'm super excited for that. Um... I don't know what kind I'm going to get this year. I kind of need to replace my black ones, but I don't know. We'll see what's out there. If you have any suggestions, let me know. But yes, looking forward to boots and just the fashion. And I love the weather. Now, another very exciting thing about fall is my birthday. My birthday is September 11th. Now, I usually don't do a lot for my birthday because, A, my daughter's birthday is right behind mine now, so I put the focus more on her. Um, And also, I just don't do stuff. And, like, we're in quarantine, so I couldn't do anything even if I wanted to. I usually work on my birthday if it's on a weekday. But this year, I am taking my birthday off solely because Girlfriends is coming out on Netflix on my birthday. And I am taking that day off. And I am going to sit on my couch all canoodles in a blanket with a bunch of snacks and my phone on silent and I will be watching girlfriends all day I will binge watch every episode I will only get up from that couch to either get more snacks or go to the bathroom that's it I am not doing anything else because girlfriends is my shit it is one of the it's probably my favorite show of all time 
just four incredible black women of all different walks of life being friends and and showing all the different nuances of what it's like to be black what it's like to be women and oh it's just 10 out of 10 10 out of 10 highly recommend so if you have not for whatever reason blessed yourself with the beautiful creation that is girlfriends september 11th join me in binge watching the fuck out of it because oh it's just so good laughs cries angry all the emotions i love girlfriends i oh i'm so excited like when i found out it was coming on my birthday i was like this was meant for me this 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 was happening for me netflix did this for me and you can't tell me otherwise i don't want to hear it i'm convinced because oh i just love that show so much so i'm super looking forward to that and just again all things fall but that's definitely like top of my list for this year and probably will be my best day of 2020 jumping into something a little bit more current um bella thorne don't feel like i hear her name in the media that much and i think that's why this story stuck out to me when i saw that she was trending the other day uh apparently bella thorne decided to make an OnlyFans. which let me say this now i am not judging anyone who does sex work sex work is real work we'll get into that in a little bit but not shading her for that she made an OnlyFans amassing two million dollars in the first 48 hours i know this doesn't sound like a story but listen i'm i'm not sure what content she provided as like part of her like main base of subscribers but she did offer um a pay-per-view for 200 dollars um subscribers claim that she said it was going to be nude um she claims it was just going to be risque but people were under the impression they were going to get a new photo well that's not what it was it was a lingerie pick and people were upset so these people started demanding refunds because they paid 200 dollars, thinking they were going to get a nude because again from what i gather and i've seen like a screenshot or two where supposedly allegedly she did say that it was you know no clothes type of naked so when people saw that that wasn't the case they were pissed and i'm sure a lot of you out there are like trying to roast people for paying for you know nudes but there's nothing wrong with that it's all consensual and so if you tell me that i'm paying 200 dollars to get something i should get that now she's not obligated to give news i'm not saying that you can have an OnlyFans and not do news if you don't want to do news don't but don't tell people that that's what they're paying for if that's not what they're getting yes i'm sure there were people there are people in this world who are more than fine to pay 200 dollars to see bella thorne in her underwear but there are people who wouldn't pay $200 for that. So when they think that they're paying $200 to see you in the buff and that's not what they're getting, they do have a right to be upset. You lied. Allegedly. Again, I'm not 100% sure. I didn't subscribe. But because of that, tons of people requested refunds. Well, subsequently, because of this whole scenario, OnlyFans has now changed their policy, which heavily affects the people who use OnlyFans. <clears throat> and keep in mind, OnlyFans is not just for sex workers. There are people who do 
non-sexual related content, but it is a, a very big resource for sex workers. <clears throat> um, they changed their policy to where now uh, they've capped pay-per-views um, at $50. And from what I'm understanding from what I've seen of the sex workers on tick or on uh, Twitter who have spoken out about this, um, pay-per-views is where you usually offer like very explicit content, like, you know, the good, good shit that you ain't, you just ain't on regular degular C with a normal subscription. So to cap that at 50 bucks ruins it for the sex workers and the consumers because sex workers aren't going to be comfortable doing something super explicit for only $50, which, and from what I saw, I think somebody said that like OnlyFans takes 20%. And then what's left gets taxed. So you're looking at like 30, 30, 35 bucks. Are you really going to be offering super explicit content for $35? No, because you feel like you deserve to get paid your worth. And then they've also capped tipping at $100. Which I don't do OnlyFans and I don't do sex work again. I'm not against it at all. I think it's do you. But... I don't really know how it works as far as like, I'm assuming because of the outrage, I'm assuming that these women are banking tips over $100, in which case, chase that bag. You got me considering doing this. $100, like the tips are capped at $100. Like you'd think that's huge, but again, apparently these women are banking tips bigger than $100 fucking dollars. Get it, booze. And now they can only withdraw their money monthly, where before they could do it weekly. And this is going to heavily impact the income of these sex workers. And I'm sure a lot of people out there think, oh, well, who cares? Because you don't, I've seen all the comments, well, get a real job. Did you not hear what I just said earlier? They're frustrated. Because tips are capped at $100, which means that there are enough women or people, excuse me, enough sex workers on there who get tipped over $100 on a somewhat of a regular basis. But that's a problem. I don't want to hear real job. You've got servers who bust their ass to get five bucks on a $100 bill. Do not tell me that this is not a real job. Sex work is real work. And the problem that a lot of people have with this, and I agree as well, is you're already rich. You already have money. You didn't have to do this. You didn't need to do this. You have now impacted a platform where some people's full-on livelihood is now affected. Who were making enough money, whether it's just making just enough money to get by and get the bills paid, or if they had enough money to pay their bills and have nice things and pay for their kids to go to college or pay for themselves to go to school or whatever, you've now fucked with someone else's bag as someone who comes from a place of huge privilege where you getting told that instead of getting paid this week, you'll get paid in a month, isn't going to affect you. You aren't going to have to worry about how you're going to be able to eat until then. You're not going to have to worry about having to see if you can push off bills with your bill collectors because your pay period got changed. And you you and your privileged ass just came up in here and fucked it up for people who work hard. And for all of you out there who want to invalidate sex work, saying it's not real work, yes, it is. 
I I don't even know about the industry like that, but I just from what I have seen from sex workers, one, this takes time. This takes effort. This takes some of their own money and upkeep. Now, I'm not saying they have to look a certain way, but obviously they present themselves in a certain way and there may be things that they have to physically maintain, whether that is maintaining a certain figure, maintaining a certain aesthetic, not to mention, you know, clothing and lingerie and things like that, lighting, cameras, all of that, that's all money and things that they have to invest into this. You may think that these girls are just taking their iPhones and snapping a couple of pics and some of them might. And if you're making money off of that, kudos. But there are also sex workers. I, please forgive me continue saying women. I need to fix that. Sorry. There are sex workers who put a lot of time and effort into their craft. This is a career for them. So it is real work. Do not invalidate them. And because of this stigma, they don't necessarily get, I know I've, know I've heard a lot about them not having like proper protecting working rights. And you really can't shade sex work because a lot of us have consumed the product of sex work, whether that is one, because people think sex work equates to prostitution. Not all sex work is full service sex work. Some of it is. And again, their body, their choice. And it's none of my fucking business. But sex work can be just modeling, porn, stripping. That's all sex work. It is just providing you something that is sexual in nature. The old sex hotlines where you could call and talk shit to people. All of that is sex work and all of it is real work. Have you seen a stripper? Have you seen what they do on them poles? Don't tell me that's not real work because Lord knows mm, 95% of people I know do not have the physique or the strength to hop up on that pole and do a quarter of what these, these strippers can do. It is impressive. But yeah, like sex work comes in many forms. And again, a lot of us have somehow consumed that. And honestly, if you feel some type of way about sex work, understand that sex work wouldn't exist without the demand. Supply and demand. So as long as people keep consuming it, there are going to be people who keep providing it. And stop getting, especially because you mainly stigmatize women who do sex work. And I think that's the main reason why I say women, just because that is another stigma and they really get the short end of the stick and treated like shit for it. More than anyone else. With the whole stigma that like, oh, well, if you're a stripper or a sex worker, you're unskilled, you don't have any morals, you're degrading yourself, you have no self-respect, you're all prostitutes. Oh, it's just a last resort. That's not true. That's not all true. Not enough. It's not black and white like that. Like, yes, there are full service sex workers. Yes, they're human. Some of them may have self-esteem issues. Yes, um, some of them may be doing this as a last resort for income, but there are also people who just choose to do it because they want to. There are some people who will never provide full service sex work. There are people who ha- who may have perfectly good skills. I'm pretty sure I've seen people who had like jobs in like the medical field who still did sex work. You're not gonna tell me they're not skilled. Sex work is real work and we need to show more respect. 
And with that, like support sex workers, because one thing I didn't know was most of your free hub style sites um, steal content. They steal content from other platforms where you would have to pay. And so that's very unethical because you're technically watching porn that's not been consented for you to watch because it wasn't consented for you to use on that platform because that platform didn't get consent to steal that video. But again, because of the stigma behind sex work, people are like, oh, well, that's what you get. And that's not fair. You put time, effort, money into creating content that you want to be reimbursed for. You want to be paid for. And now it's just getting stolen and put put on other platforms for people to just watch for free. And people are paying that platform to use that platform. I mean, not always. Obviously, you can just watch some of the stuff for free altogether. <clears throat> but because they have so many options, there are people who pay for the premium services on that platform. So they are making money off of someone else's labor. So yeah, Pay for your content. I implore you to pay for your content. I'm not sure what sites are a good option. I didn't necessarily see anything, but I do know that some people can't afford that. I would implore you to do research, reach out to any sex workers you may know. If there is a ethical platform to find free content, I would imagine like, cause I know some sex, sex workers will post, you know, little snippets here and there on their, like on Twitter to kind of entice you. Maybe that's enough. You know, that could be enough for you to get your jollies off with if you can't afford it. But these women, these women, especially because again, I do feel like women are more marginalized when it comes to sex work, but all sex workers deserve to be paid for their content. And the fact that Bella Thorne has completely fucked up this platform now with the choices that she made. There are going to be a lot of people who suffer from that. And remember, OnlyFans isn't just sex work. So even if you are a piece of shit who doesn't care about what's happening to the sex workers, there are also other people impacted by this. And I care about them all. So sex work is real work. It's their body, their choice. Mind your fucking business if you don't like it. Support sex workers, pay sex workers, and fuck Bella Thorne. And that's that on that. So as we all know, 2020 has been complete and total shit. It has sucked pretty much from the beginning. But I want to point out specifically right now, how difficult it has been for the Black community, my people. So, I mean, shit, you got COVID, which disproportionately affects people of color more than, you know, white people. So it seems like we're always at higher risk with medical conditions, especially because we are at higher risk for other medical conditions that would make us at higher risk for severe complications and death with COVID. I'm one of them. I'm diabetic. That's part of the reason why I only leave my house once a week. And when I do, I have a mask on my face and I'm aggressively hand sanitizing routinely and washing the hell out of my hands when I get home and sanitizing everything. <clears throat> 
So we already have that, which is very stressful in and of itself. But then we also have the amount of loss that we've had. And again, I'm not saying this impacts over, but I'm not talking about y'all right now. Right now I'm focusing on my people in the black community. We have lost icons, people like Kobe Bryant, John Lewis. Just yesterday, I about buckled to the floor hearing that Chadwick Boseman died at 43 from colon cancer. He was our superhero. He was our Black Panther. And not to mention the other amazing works that he was in, but Black Panther obviously being one of his most popular and seeing little little black kids excited to have a black superhero. I was excited and I'm a grown ass woman seeing adults who were taking time off work to go see this movie wearing, you know, different like African tribal wear. And it just meant a lot to us. So losing these iconic people that give us hope and make us feel seen and make us feel heard and make us feel special It sucks. It sucks to lose your icons, especially because how hard the black community has had to fight for representation. Just to be, it's already hard enough to get us a seat at that table. And so when we lose the people who have finally gotten to get in there, it's a huge loss. It is a huge loss. Not to mention all the cases of police brutality. We've lost Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, Jacob Blake, who is still alive, but it's traumatizing to see that shit. To either go to bed with that image in your head or wake up with it as the first thing in the morning. It seems like our year has been nothing but grief and mourning, and trauma, and pain, and frustration, and exhaustion. Because, I mean, yes, positive thing, obviously, with the murder of George Floyd, we've started to see bigger conversations around systemic racism, both inside the criminal justice system, and just in the world in general, which is... A great thing. I'm glad the conversations are happening and, you know, we we have more people listening and we're working harder towards change. But you also need to understand how difficult it is to over and over see videos of our people being brutalized. To over and over see people arguing about whether or not black lives matter. And I will tell you this, for anyone listening, if you do not know, yes, black lives matter. If you have a problem with that, turn it off, log off, leave. Because I will not debate the validity of whether or not a black person's life matters. That's not a debate, it's not a negotiation. But we have to constantly see all of this hate in response to this. We have to watch racists and bigots try to justify why our people 
constantly get murdered and brutalized, being told that if we had just followed the law, if we had just complied, if we didn't do this, if we didn't do that, all situations that by law aren't punishable by death. We have to listen to people say that other people have the right to play judge, jury, and executioner to us because of how they feel. As opposed to being given, you know, our right to trial, we are lucky to even make it there. We have to see people pretty much require perfection out of us in order for us to have the right to life. And even still, for example, Brianna Taylor was asleep in her bed. Before her next shift as a nurse working in the middle of a COVID-19 pandemic. Or as an EMT. Out there saving lives. And people still try to justify her murder. We have to see this. And guess what? This doesn't just hit as like a regular degular hate comment. It chips away at you. It's one thing for people to say, you know, oh, black people are ugly or, you know, they're dumb. But but seeing people, you know, you're, this isn't just regular insults anymore. Because, I mean, we've all been there, I think. I don't think there's a single black person who has been told that they were ugly or unintelligent because they were black, but... Now we literally have people saying that our right to live doesn't matter, that our existence doesn't matter. Being treated as if we are not deserving of life. And after a while, it chips away at you. It does. Especially when you also see all the hypocrisy. When you see white people who commit similar offenses or are in similar situations or even do even worse, who get to walk away alive, who get to have their past brought up, but it's, oh, look at the community service they did. Look, they were a strong part of the church. Look, they were a straight A student. They were, you know, top athlete. Whereas with us, it's, Oh, look at these, uh, look at their criminal record. Look at this post they put on social media. And we just get the worst brought up about us. We don't get grace. We don't get the benefit of the doubt. We always get treated as less than, seen as less than. As never good enough. And I'm tired and we're tired. It's exhausting having to constantly see stuff like that. And then you see things like the the bastardization of people with like the Black Lives Matter. First, it was all lives matter. And then it was blue lives matter. And now everyone's just taking this whole thing and ruining it. Like, but we can't have shit. We can't even have a movement that is just about the issues that our people face of being brutalized by police and systemic racism, that that has been taken by others. We can't even have things in death or people who just use say her name to talk about any, say her name was a saying made for black women. 
because we acknowledge that I'm all for the Black Lives Matter movement, but it does seem to be more centered around men. So we created Say Her Name in the cases like Sandra Bland, who were not getting the coverage they deserved for their stories, who weren't being fought for as hard. And now you just use it for anyone. Seeing all of this like memification of Breonna Taylor, like I understand that people are trying their best to bring awareness, but it doesn't sit right with me knowing that like in a TikTok, it'll be a girl who looks like she's about to like show a little skin and then it's like a gotcha. It's like arrest the killers of Breonna Taylor. I know your heart's in the right place and I'm not even really mad at you. It just hurts me to see that we have to use a gotcha moment to get people to listen. We got to trick people into hearing. And then like seeing things like the, her getting the cover on O Magazine, her getting uh, the Vanity Fair cover, the murals and stuff. And it's like, I guess the gesture is nice, but it's also knowing that would you have bothered putting those women on there, other women on there if they weren't dead? They hadn't been brutally murdered. Knowing that we're not getting, black people just don't get the appreciation in life. And, and you want to try and, and make up for it in death. We, I see everyone pushing for <clears throat> these murals and things of Breonna Taylor. I want to see more people pushing for her to get justice. Her murderers are still free, just living life. I don't want murals. I don't want magazine covers. And can you even really say it's justice because she'll never, she's not coming back. It's not even justice at this point. It is sad that we as a community have to pretty much accept that our people are being killed and all we're asking for is for the people who did it to be held accountable. Can you even consider that justice? I don't think you can. They're gone. I'm tired. We're tired. And so I just want to say to all of my black brothers, sisters, and siblings out there, I love you. And I send you hugs and healing. And we will get through this. I know we're all tired and we should not have to keep fighting for this in 2020. But please take care of yourselves as well. It is okay to mourn. It is okay to grieve. It is okay to take time to yourself, to love on yourself. You need that. We aren't going to make it if we don't start taking care of ourselves too. So please take care of yourselves. And obviously we should all know we're not alone in this. And I hope that we start to see the changes that we need. But I just want to send that love out there to all of you because I know I need it. So I want to give it. Hopefully, 
hopefully we see the change we need soon and hopefully 2020 won't keep kicking us down. I'm sorry. Give me a second. I apologize. I got a little bit emotional, so we're just going to go ahead and move on. Um, want to bring something to everyone's attention that I have been focusing on here lately. Um, ableism. I don't think there is enough talk about it. We talk about things like racism, sexism, homophobia, xenophobia, Islamophobia, but I don't think we talk enough about ableism, which is something that a lot of us are guilty of. So ableism is just, you know, the discrimination against disabled people. And we don't realize that a lot of us have able body privilege. Just think about the fact like this. What do you think about when you know you have to make a trip to the grocery store? You think about your grocery list. Checking to make sure, you know, what you do need, what you don't need. You may think about like how much you plan on spending. Do you have any coupons that you want to use? Bringing reusable bags. Hoping that, you know, they actually have your favorite candy bar in stock. And most maybe you think about, oh, you know, hopefully I can get a parking spot closer to the front so I don't have to walk all the way to the back of the parking lot. Well, there are people who have to think about, am I going to have a way to easily enter this place? What am I going to do if I need to reach something on a high shelf? How am I going to load my groceries into my car? What if they bag my stuff with too many things and it's too heavy? I wonder if the electric carts will be charged. I wonder if there will be a cart, electric cart available for me to use. I hope it's not too crowded so that I can get through the aisles easier and won't get in anyone's way. I hope people don't see me and think that I'm faking. You don't have to think about that stuff when we go to the grocery store. But there are people who do. And that's a privilege for us. We just need to be more aware because it can happen to any of us. Not everyone is born with a disability. Some people develop that disability later in life. And no, it's not always genetic disabilities. You could end up having to have an amputation. A simple accident can take away your eyesight or your hearing. It can happen to any of us. And I think one of the biggest cases of ableism, I think that we all, we all are a part of, is ableist language and just the way we speak in general. So I know one of my biggest pet peeves is people who throw around mental illness. People who are like, you know, you'll have a friend be like, yeah, I'm suffering with depression. And people be like, yeah, I get sad too. Depression is not just sadness. Anxiety. I deal with that. I have anxiety. And it's not just, oh, I'm nervous. 
because you're about to have a job interview or you're going on a first date. It's it's having this fight or flight response while you're eating a bowl of cereal for no reason. It's uncontrolled emotion. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and give the like full breakdown because I just don't have the time for that. But just a, a bit of a tidbit. Or people who are just really anal, like, oh, yeah, you know, I match all of my socks and I separate my clothes from tank tops and short sleeves and shorts and pants and dress clothes. And I like to put all my canned goods with the label facing out. And, you know, I have them oldest in the front, newest in the back. Um, <clears throat> and I have them alphabetized. Or, you know, like, oh, I'm just, I'm such a clean freak. I sweep and mop my house every day. I clean my windows every other day. Being anal doesn't mean you have OCD. So let's stop throwing around terms for mental illness like it's nothing. Just because someone had a massive mood swing doesn't mean they're bipolar. Um, Saying things like, that's retarded when you're trying to say something's, you know, dumb or silly or doesn't make sense. Saying things like, oh, well, did I stutter when you said something that was like correct or full of truth? Um, are you blind? Are you deaf when someone didn't necessarily see or hear what you said? You don't think they're harmful, but you have to realize that you're using these things as an insult which means you inherently are saying there's something wrong with being that way. And that's that can be hurtful to people with those disabilities. So we really do need to be more mindful of the way that we speak. Like the things that I'm guilty of are like, uh, I used to be really into infomercials when I was a kid. Don't know why. I was weird. But... I used to be really into infomercials and there would be like an infomercial for like uh, some form of like a cutting tool, let's say, that helps you cut perfect straight lines. And in the commercial, they always so show like trying to prove why this is better than scissors. And it'll show some lady trying to cut, a, you know, a coupon and she's cutting in zigzags, you know, just super exaggerated. And I'd always be like, oh, well, that's so stupid. Nobody actually cuts like that. Like, there's no need to have this thing that's so dumb. Like, no one's a dumbass who can't cut a straight line. You're right. They're not dumbasses, but there are people like my mother-in-law, my husband's nana, has tremor shaky hands a tool like that would be incredibly useful for her so that was always something that i was just like or you know like fancy things that like cut you know little templates that cut your banana in slices i'd be like i'll just use a knife there's some people who can't do that and so it's like yeah you know obviously i didn't mean any ill will behind it but it's mean or like I was always someone because I'm a more uh, fuller figured lady. I prefer using the large handicap saws because they're just more spacious. I hate the tiny cramped ones. But I, I wouldn't know how many times I may have been in that stall just for my own preference while other stalls were available. And someone who needed that big stall couldn't use it because I was in there. So things like that are like, 
I always tell my husband, park at the closest parking spot. Like, not the handicapped spaces. I've never been a piece of shit who parks in a handicapped space. So I'm not handicapped. But obviously, there's only about four handicapped spots at most places. Except for, like, Walmarts. But, like, there's no harm in me parking in a, a further back spot in case all the handicapped places are taken. Not to mention there are people who need those closed spaces <coughs> who may not qualify in the government's eyes to get a handicap placard. So it's little things like that that we don't think about that we could do, or even uh, like the ableist encouragement. So things where pe- people are trying to be encouraging to people with certain disabilities or whatever, things like calling someone brave when I'm sure to them it's like I'm just living my life. I'm living the life that I have no other choice but to live. Like, why is that brave? And and these are all things that I have seen from resources from people with disabilities. So um, this doesn't necessarily encompass every person who has a disability, but it does encompass some. I kind of wrote down the things that I saw a pattern of. So these are just things that I've seen a pattern of. Um, another big thing is uh, inspiration porn, which was a new term for me. Um, pretty much using disabled people as your inspiration or motivation to to do or be. It's like, oh, well, look, this is so inspiring. This man with, you know, this double amputee climbed the mountain. It's like, well, if he can do it, I can. Think about that. Think about that. It's, in a way, you're pretty much just saying like, oh, he shouldn't be capable and I should be more capable than him because of his disability. So like, if he can do it, I can do it because I'm automatically better because I'm not an amputee. Like, or like people who may have had um, some kind of an accident and they gained a lot of weight. And then they go and lose it all. And it's like, oh, well, if she can do it, I can. Huh? Like, you should you should just do it because you want to, not because someone who has a different body can do it. Like, that that should be your motivation. Your motivation should be, I, I can do this because I want to do it and I'm going to put my mind to it. Not because someone who I may inherently see as less capable or less able than me can do it. So I should be able to do it. Because that's that's looking down on them. So yeah, inspiration porn. Stop using disabled people for that. They shouldn't be your motivation. Be your own motivation. They're not here to be your motivation. They're here to live their fucking lives and mind their fucking business. Just like you should. Um... Other phrases like, you know, you just have to choose to be happy. You just have to choose to make each day great. Uh, Let's see. You don't look disabled. You don't look sick. I never would have guessed. You don't need to resort to using drugs to feel better. Like you don't want to rely on pills. Well, God's got a plan for all of us. You just need to pray about it. None of those things, you may think that they're helpful and encouraging, but some people do need to take medication to to be healthy, to be not healthy. I don't want to use that word. Um, 
to be the them that they want to be. Sometimes medication is what you need for that. And that's okay. Don't pill shame people. Let's not, let's not medicine shame, shame people. And then things like, you know, you just have to choose to be happy. It's not how mental illness works. If it was that easy, I promise you, no one would be dealing with it. You could wake up and choose to be happy and your mind decides, Mm-mm, no, we're not. And then people who use religion. I don't want to be rude because I know I'm sure a lot of these people mean well. But when you look at most religions, especially Christianity, and it's this whole idea that, you know, you are made in the image of God and, you know, he only gives you what you can handle and he does everything for you. And then, you know, it's like, well, why was it God's plan for me to lose a limb, for me to develop a mental illness, for me to lack a certain ability that others may have? Not everyone takes solace in that. It can make some people feel forsaken. And then one of the ones that annoys the shit out of me that I've seen a few people cover Um, But this also kind of comes from my personal experience as someone with anxiety. The pseudoscience and the holistic approach like, oh, don't take your Zoloft. Um, Did you know that chocolate releases endorphins and serotonin? Or, oh, did you know that if you do yoga... Like, if if someone's looking for holistic suggestions, that's one thing. Please do not tell people who take medication, whether it's for mental health, physical health. Don't tell people to throw away their Zoloft or their Prozac or their pain medications or their insulin or their ACE inhibitors or their blood pressure medication. Don't tell people to throw those away for fruits and vegetables and yoga. You're not a doctor. And it's not, stop making it seem like these things are an easy fix. Let, let disabled people live. Just let them live and give them the support that they need. And you know how you figure that out? You ask. And ask the right way. Always ask, don't assume. One, Do not ask random strangers what their disability is and be invasive and cross boundaries. I mean, some people are fine with it, but also like there's just a way of tact. Um, But ask people what they need. Like if you have a friend who has a disability, instead of just assuming that you need to do X, Y, and Z, be like, hey, you know, is there anything I can do to make you more comfortable? Is there anything that you need from me when we go here or when you come to my house? That's how you do it. Not just like, oh, well, what can't you do? What you need help with? Like, don't don't make it a federal case. Make it simple. Like, oh, can I get the door for you? Oh, you want me to help you bring this stuff in the house? 
oh, did you need me to get that off of that shelf for you? Like, just ask. Just ask. Um, I've also seen the same thing with asking about person-first language. So person-first language being instead of saying she's autistic, you would say she has autism. Like, instead of saying um, Dave, um, he's OCD, you would say Dave has obsessive compulsive disorder. Some people prefer that. Some people don't. Some people care. Some people don't. Ask. Some people don't mind you saying, oh, she's autistic, as opposed to saying, oh, she is someone with autism. So person first language, ask about it. Don't just assume. Uh, Same thing I've seen. I've seen a lot of people say that they don't like the term differently abled. Um, Again, just ask what language they're comfortable with. That's all. Just ask. It's, It's just so much better to ask and respect boundaries. If people do not want to continuously tell you the story of, you know, why their foot had to be amputated, leave it alone. And and stop treating people like they are only their disability. Like that doesn't have to be the main focus of who they are. They are entire human beings. They are entire human beings and that is just one small part of who they are. Um, obviously changing our language. Um, advocating for accessibility. I've seen a lot of um, people mention that they weren't able to get certain accessibility things until uh, an able-bodied person said, hey, like we should get this for them. We should have this here. So use your privilege. Use your privilege. Understand that not all disabilities are visible. Um, I'm sure we've all seen someone in a motorized cart that didn't necessarily, quote unquote, look like they needed it. Like you'll see them use it and they may, you know, go down an aisle and get up and and walk and grab something and come back. Um, I ended up seeing a young woman who had disability where sometimes she can walk perfectly fine and some days she wakes up and she can't. Or she can walk, but she can't necessarily, like she can walk from cart to the juice and back to the cart but she can't necessarily walk the whole store so not all disabilities are visible so instead of judging just mind your business and not using things that are made for special access i've seen people park in handicap spots and pretend limp inside because they're just going in real quick don't use like again i told you i'm i'm stopping using the larger stalls so that they are available for people who need them you know if you don't need the motorized cart don't it's not a toy it's not meant for you to ride for fun so just things like that like don't use special access things when you don't actually need that special access because you are then taking that away from someone who needs it So I think that's just something we should all work on. I see it a lot in our day-to-day lives, the things that we say. And we we just need to do better. Because again, it's the right thing to do, most importantly. But also never forget at any given moment in life, the cards could decide that it'll be you too. 
And you wouldn't want people to treat you like that. You wouldn't want people to say those kind of things around you. So just bear that in mind. I know, again, I wanted to bring it up because it is a journey that I am actively on doing better. And if you ever hear me on here and I have a slip of the tongue and I don't catch myself, correct me. Call me out. I want to do better. I want to be better. And if there's anything that I didn't cover that you think I should have as far as ableism or anything that I may have said wrong, again, feel free to correct me. I want to be better. I'm not above criticism at all. So yeah, let's just all try and do better just to be kind and be the best people we can be for the world. All right, uh, wrapping up with the quote of the week. My mission in life is not to merely survive, but to thrive. And to do so with some passion, some compassion, some humor, and some style. Maya Angelou. And uh, pretty much takeaway from that is just living life to the fullest, to your fullest, not others, but just living life and enjoying it. And I know that's hard for a lot of us right now, but do what you can to bring a smile to your own face every day because you deserve that. However, you have to do that self-care, chatting with a friend, doing a safe, socially distanced activity whatever it may be, just try and live your life to the fullest that you can and thrive. All right, y'all, that's it for me this week. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, share with your friends and your family. Follow me on Twitter and IG. I will have them linked in the description. And thanks for listening. And I will talk to you next time. Mwah.